0: Should have gone to Specsavers, that's what the ads tell you. But for some people in India, it's not that simple. Imagine having no eye tests or glasses. You couldn't work, so you could lose your home. We're proud to help the Hope Foundation provide eye care in Calcutta, India. Specsavers
1: arrange for several colleagues to go there and do eye tests. To date, we've given out over 11,000 pairs of glasses. Welcome to Smart Living. My name is Connor O'Hagan. I'm talking to Christine O'Kelly, who rejoices in the title of Age Friendly University Global Network Coordinator. That's a hell of a title, Christine. Can you explain it and what, what is an age friendly university and what your role in it is?
0: Sure, Connor. Um, I came into DCU in 2014, and DCU had looked at um, how the age friendly cities approached ageing within cities. And we looked at those and we sort of said, "Oh, how could we do that in a university setting? How could we have more age inclusivity and age diversity on campus? So they set up uh, 10 principles of an age friendly university. And uh, this became a framework for how we would look in DCU across a range of areas, multidisciplinary areas, for example, technology and humanities and science, and looked at how we could become more age-friendly. And that was the origin of the 10 principles of an age-friendly university. So my job on campus is to make coordinate with groups and, and work with groups to help them work with other people and improve age inclusivity and age diversity on campus.
1: And what's the imperative to be an age-friendly university something that DCU was already aware of and uh, or or was this something that arrived in in your consciousness you know that I it became obvious that DCU needed to need to be what, what was what was the process there
0: well our former president uh, professor Breen McCraw, had a big interest in aging and when he became president in 2010 he took up aging as one of his campaigns that he would look at within the university sector because we could see in Ireland we have um, a rising demographic um, currently in Ireland, only 11% of our population is over 65, but we know that by 2050, that'll be about 26% of the population be over 55 with a baby boom generation. And we know we have to be prepared. So we looked at things like the technological aspect of aging, you know, the new technologies that have been developed in universities and how we could harness those. We looked at the demographics, of course, about the aging populations. How could we meet those? How could we rise to meet those? We looked at the social implications of aging, because obviously you want to have people to have experiences and the more um, positive engagement people have, the longer they live, the better they live. We looked at the the power that older people have because they boast that the political aspect of ageing is really important. So we looked at all those things across the university campus and said, right, how can we harness this? And how could we bring value to this? And how could we create a positive and ageing experience for people in Ireland? And that's what happens. So we decided to do this in DCU. Two universities came to visit us, Arizona State and the University of Strathclyde. They saw this model and they said, we really like this idea. We're going to endorse those principles. And this was the genesis of what has become the Age-Friendly University Global Network. But it all started
1: in DCU, was pioneered by DCU. Yeah, so DCU and in fact, you yourself were pioneers in what I guess must count as a pretty significant um, social development over, You know, in the, in the period since
0: absolutely i mean the reality is as we all know that people are living for longer Um, You know, we have a man who just passed away recently, was 108. You only have to listen to every radio show in Ireland to hear requests being played for Mary and Brian who've lived to be 60 years married and so on and so forth. Our young people have a a completely different ageing expectation to our grandparents and our parents. So what we really want to do is have people prepared. So it's not just about the existing older population. It's also about the population that's coming, the young people that's coming. We're looking at maybe longer working lives and different types of jobs. Over those working careers, and then we're looking at how people age in a positive and healthy way so that people are not just physically active, they don't just you know go to the gym or you know go for a walk, but their mind is active. And the more you engage, the better outcome you'll
1: have. And there are a hell of a lot of variables in this, aren't there? I mean, if you say to yourselves, okay, we want to provide the, the facility for further education for <clears throat> people that's at a later stage in life, something which isn't part of the traditional pattern of, of education. The variables are the fact, okay, that people are living longer. So, what constitutes an older person is can be a subjective thing, anyway. But I mean, it, it's a it's a moving target. The age at which people retire has is changing under our feet, and of course, the, the the roles that older people are expected to fulfil in society, and the to some extent, the training needs and the educational needs are changing as well. Plus, the fact, of course, that education is seen as a, as a as a virtue in itself these days more than it was. And access to education is definitely a social priority, um, which and a social and political priority, which it wasn't in the past. Um, I suppose historically, states have come through a period where they where they originally educated nobody, then they educated primary children, as and that became a legal requirement. Then secondary education became a legal requirement, then tertiary education became not a requirement, but certainly the access to it became a requirement. So this is a a changing landscape all the time, really, isn't
0: it? Yes, it is. But of course, you know, research shows from around the world, both the World Health Organization, the OECD, and of course, all of our national educational policies here in Ireland and everywhere else as well, looks at the benefits of lifelong learning as being contributing to better ageing outcomes. And of course, you know, where before, you know, it doesn't really make any difference as somebody is doing. If you go back to the origin of a university, Plato's origin of a university talks about um, lifelong learning it talks about the the types of learning he set up the whole idea of the concept of universitas education for all and mm-hmm. I think that it's very important to look at that being not just about academic courses but about being engaged and looking at new ways of thinking about maybe the arts about activities about different interests that people might have uh, and I think that's the genesis of really when we look about what is a university really for. You know, when we look at what's for the impact on society and how we view education. And I think Irish people in particular haven't got a great relationship with education, older people in particular, because they may have come through a system that they found quite um, basically based on punishment and whatever else, overstructured, you know, over-structured, And, you know, they left school maybe when they were 14, they did a primary certificate and they i never Absolutely. going back there. But they also have a great capacity for learning. I mean, you don't stop learning as you leave. You know that mm. you keep learning all the time, you know.
1: If I could throw in my own experience on this, just as an example, I came from, as you can hear from my accent, I grew up in Britain. I went to university in Britain, I went as a mature student, but that didn't mean very much. I started when I was 23. Um, but that was encouraged in Britain because I, that meant I was qualified for a mature student grant. So I got a full grant, which was a fantastic thing, which meant that uh, there was no burden on my parents in, in my sort of going to university or on me, actually. Um, but one thing, I came to Ireland to live when I was 35, and I've been here since. And one of the things that really surprised me and struck me was how many fewer people in my age group in Ireland had gone to university versus my experience in, in the UK. So I, I I think you could take this the wrong way, but... I think Ireland had some ground to make up in that respect in educating my generation, which is essentially the baby boom generation.
0: Absolutely, and and I think this all stems back from the origin of education providers in Ireland, and then of course the structure of you know the cost of going to university as well. Even into the nineteen eighties, when you still had to Absolutely. pay, you know, and there was you know families who could pay, and families who couldn't pay, and then there was obviously scholarship schemes, or whatever. But they were very far and few between, so it was a very niche sector of society but I also think to myself that people get too hung up on the whole idea of a university you know they don't see it as being they they, you need to see it as being a place of education not the hierarchical structure of an academic environment which is great to have that robust dialogue whatever else but it's a place for us to you know people say to me all the time I wouldn't be able for a university course. And I say, why would you think that you wouldn't be able for you? You have an interest. You picked up the phone to phone me about a course. So clearly you have an interest. So therefore, why don't you look at what that interest might be? Let's talk that out. And you discover that this person has had a lifelong learning interest in history. Well, they know their genealogy. They want to learn about the political situation in Ireland. They want to look at examine the political history in America. And they're the opportunities you have in a university. In my
1: opinion, for what it's worth, mm. um, the average person of age, say, 60, is in a better position to absorb the education the university offers than the average 21-year-old or eight, sorry 18-year-old.
0: The other thing, too, is my experience has been is older people want to be there. They want to be there because they want to learn. They want to learn something new. They want to find out information. They remain curious. And, of course, they want to find out, you know, I want to know more about this. And that's what drives people's passions around education. And they
1: have fewer, shall we say, euphemistically distractions.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes it's around people, you know, there, there was a move at one stage saying, oh, you know, we want people to come in and maybe do a degree. That's really not the focus of the Age-Friendly University. The focus is on having a good educational experience because Research has shown that the better education you have, the more exposed you are to education and new thinking, the better your outcome is going to be in terms of keeping your body active, keeping your mind active. You know, you're getting up in the morning, you're thinking, oh, I have to hop over to DC. I'm going to do my course. You're meeting new people because as you age, your circle of friends gets very small. And sometimes people find themselves, through no fault of their own, quite, um, you know, isolated because maybe friends have died, friends have moved on, friends have grandchildren and all of a sudden then they're on their own. So it's a great way of making new friends, of making new connections and when you come into DCU it's not just coming in to do a university course, you're also coming onto campus, you're having coffee, you're having the social crack, you know having all of this and then you're engaged in everything else that's going on at the university. So the research you know every there's lectures on all the time, loads of free stuff going on, it's fantastic.
1: Sponsored by Expressway. With MyExpressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.
0: Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again, and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus, numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook.
1: I think that's. It. I think it's a really important thing that if you haven't uh, been to university or if you haven't had you know close experience with somebody who has. The one thing you may not realize is that a university is more than just um, lecturers and libraries and you know facilities it's an environment and it's an environment which uh, historically has grown over five six or more hundred years to to facilitate learning and and it's it's hard to explain how much difference that makes I think
0: but I think has well, the kind of word there is learning and it's not just learning about it's... A subject it's learning for life so it's the lifelong learning aspect of it you know in dcu i say people can come in for educational research wellness cultural and social opportunities so you can come in to do a course during the day in english or mathematics or science or you know the history of the irish girl guides you're
1: putting the universe back into university
0: exactly Exactly. In, in a sense, yeah. it occurs to me. From I that. mean, we have a fantastic sports centre, a state-of-the-art sports centre. We run an Active for Life program there. People can join the sports centre. We have loads of cultural activities that go on in DC. We have writers in residence. We have artists in residence. People can avail of those. We have our research agenda, which we carry on all, on, on an ongoing basis for people to take part in the research or to inform the research. And why people? Why do we do research in the first place? To change how we live.
1: Can I ask you to expand on something which I think you just touched on there? Now, historically, uh, one's kind of a, in, impression of a university is that it's all about degrees. You know, it's all about, you know, coming out with a 2-2 or a 2-1 or, or a first or whatever. Now, I think you've just told us that that is less true than it used to be.
0: I think it's less true for a, an older population. You know, it, you know, we... we I mean, university tends to be, you know, you've got a young, you know, the traditional student cohorts coming in and they're, they're being prepared for the workplace. And that's really one of the reasons why DCU exists, because we're a university of enterprise and technology. But our mission is to transform lives lives and societies. It's not just about coming out with a degree. It's coming out with a a very rounded person at the end of it. But also that, you know, that whole shaping comes into the whole idea of being in a classroom of multi-generational age groups. So you're not going to just sit beside somebody who's 18 or 19 or 20. You're going to be sitting beside the 40 year old or the 50 year old or the 70 year old who has all this life experience. And you're learning for them you're understanding how pe- people you know learn differently you're having that participatory engagement with them you're, you're seeing a different side which you may not see you're not going to see that in secondary school because everybody's the same age as you you know yeah. so you're able to challenge those things and sometimes it sparks something in somebody that they never thought about so the whole idea of lifelong learning and intergenerational engagement is really important so that we understand each other as generations and understand what our needs are, our needs change so what i find interesting about the whole aging thing Nobody puts a 20-year-old and a 40-year-old in the same sentence. But everybody over 55 is lumped into this category of an older person and Absolutely. treated as an older person. Yeah. But the needs of a 55-year-old, a 65-year-old, 75-year-old, 85 and so on, very different.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think as, as, as the listeners will be well aware, the concept of age and ageing and mm. being older is a very slippery yeah. fish. Yeah. And each of us has our own idea of in a sense of how old we actually are you know how you know am i am i am i just beginning to be old or am i well advanced in <laughs> aging or or what you know but
0: a rule of thumb is 20 somebody who's 20 years older than you is an older person as far as you're concerned and it's interesting because we've done research, we saw, we've done research in this in dcu and um, where we have mature students are 23 plus in dcu which i find very interesting
1: yeah well as i said i was i was a mature student supposedly mature i mean that was a joke
0: but the mature <laughs> students are 23 you know are viewed by the 18 year olds as being they're sort of older. They're older people. Do you know, I know what I mean? Is, and it's me. really <laughs> <only> interesting. <me. laughs> you can me. I was like dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you, but I'm sure, though, Connor, after a couple of weeks of being like feeling like dad, you just integrated with everybody and nobody thought anything about your age, maybe.
1: You know. You're, you're Once right. you've made like an idiot. Uh, for a few weeks everybody except you has been one of them except you
0: and nobody you know has this view I mean sometimes I'm sure that you know when this debates going on in, in the in the lecture theatre you might have a history lecture where you've lived through the whole experience and you're coming out of a different perspective to the way maybe the lecture is talking about and that's quite interesting
1: to bring in that perspective. Yeah what, what I did find even as I say even after working for only five years was I was so glad to be there I mean, you know, I didn't have any glorious career, which I quit to go to university. I went to university partly because, you know, Mm. I was just wasn't sure what to do next. But I really appreciated being there. What I found was that kids who'd gone directly from school at age 18 to university just saw university as a continuation of the same process. Mm. And it took them a long time to unlearn Mm. the habits of, for instance, say, the structure of essay writing and things like that. It took them a long time to unlearn things that that they'd been hammered into them at school. And that, that, if nothing else, is a reason to, to, to go with the benefits of, of, of years behind you. I think it's just, you know you realise what a wonderful thing you're getting. Also
0: teaching the younger people because, you know, you're bringing that intergenerational, that, that expertise that you've got into that environment. So the experts in, in ageing are actually older people. So we always want them in the classroom because they ask the questions that maybe young people may be afraid to ask or too embarrassed to ask or just haven't thought about asking. And um, we've, we find it very, very satisfactory in DCU that we have that engagement. And um, I also think to myself, so it's an inter- it's it's a, it's a reciprocal process. You're learning from them and they're, they're learning from you. And, of course, it's great to have that.
1: And it should be said, of course, that uh, if you're 60 now and you you were to go to DC or to any other third level uh, institution now, the contrast between the educational methods that you last knew when you were, say, 15 or 16 when you left school and now are just... They're just transformation. Absolutely.
0: I mean, people see, you know, the lectures being the teacher, you know, because we went to school with that sort of a model. But in actual fact, at a university level, you've got that engagement where it's actually a dialogue. So, and, you know, there's nothing that, I mean, certainly floats my boat when a lecturer says, I don't know that answer, but I'll get back to you. Absolutely. Because you can't know everything. And then you've got somebody in the class who may be older said, actually, I remember when that happened, such an act happened. And one of the things about Irish people are they're they're very politically, you know, they're very good at remembering political stuff that Mm -hmm. happened and, you know, recalling all those and using that expertise to frame a situation. Or bringing that into the classroom, and the lecturers love it because it's 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 great for the lectures as well because you get that dialogue that you wouldn't get with maybe a younger person, you know.
1: Now, Christine, a taste of DCU. Tell me about that. So a
0: taste of DCU. So since we be, we launched the age friendly university initiative in back in 2010. What we have every year is we have a thing called the Taste of DCU, and so one day event. It's happening on Friday, the twenty sixth of August, and um, you can book it free, completely free, for the whole day. And what it is is it's a whole series of lectures that people can come into. They can sit in on a lecture for thirty minutes. And it's, it's not really the subject matter that counts, but it's the experience of being in a lecture room, being in the room with the, with the lecturer, having that engagement, listening to how it's presented, asking questions, getting answers, and then trying a, a next lecture 20 minutes later. So they're on back-to-back lectures on, um, on Friday morning. The we star we're starting. We're open at 9.15 for registration. We'll be kicking off at 10 with a small presentation. We'll be having lectures all morning, right up to lunchtime. Then there's a lunch break. We'll be having a lecture in the afternoon and then we'll be having a whole session with me about how do I actually register for this? What do these things mean? What's involved in being involved? And then we have a bumper raffle at the end that's completely free, which is a great day out. It gives people a sense of this is what it's like to be in a university campus. This is what it's like to be in a lecture theatre. This is what it's like to experience a lecture and to look also at some of the research we do in DCU and how that actually the importance of having um, people involved in that. So one of the opportunities we have in DCU is a thing called NEX. It's a sensory project. So it looks at how do we maintain people in their home for as long as possible and what's involved in the sensor technology. So we've had this project ongoing for a year. Lots of our participants in the Age Friendly Programme have been involved in it. They've had sensors in their home trialling these sensors. So it gives us a lot of ancillary information like First of all, somebody has a fall, it will alert, you know, uh, people at the other end of the phone. But it also shows us other stuff. For example, how often does a person go to the fridge or boil a kettle? So that'll tell us what they're eating, you know, the, the, the amount of times they're eating, how they're interacting with the environment around them, mm-hmm. all of this information. And we actually have um, we have what we call the community flat and the community flat is completely kitted out with sensors. So it shows the sensors in action, but in order for us to get to that stage, we needed people to trial those sensors and lots of participants got involved in trialing the sensors. And those projects are ongoing in DCU. So, you know, if you wanted to take part in this research, and this is going to be built into every modern home in the future, you know, smart homes for the future. Will Absolutely, tell
1: whether, whether, you, whether you're aware of it or not, it's, it's not, just that the next fridge or maybe the next fridge, but one that you buy will have these things not, built into it. You know, yes.
0: Around, you know, I mean, all sorts of research going on and weird and wonderful things. We have, you know, the, the sort of your experience of financial services and the whole use of having to ring the bank. And, you know, this is all very in the fore at the moment because of the changes with the banking situation, you know, um, electronic banking. Yes,
1: speaking of somebody who's just about to switch my account from uh, one of the high street banks to Revolut, yeah, I'm interested. In, yeah, these are all things which. Don't stop being relevant to you just because you've got older. That's These are the things which, you know, you, you, you are a participant in, te- in technology, either on a conscious or an unconscious level, whatever age you're at.
0: And I mean, sometimes you see research and you're thinking, what's the point of that? But in actual fact, it's when you start looking at it saying, what's the point of it? Why are we doing it? How are you? You're really important to the research because, as I said, older people are the experts in this. There's no point in designing a whole programme or, or a new product or a new service if we haven't had that input. And we want to know from people, why did you feel like that? What did you find using that? Did you think that was a good idea? What do you think would be a good idea to research? They're all really important questions to ask, and that's what's involved in the university in terms of research. Absolutely.
1: Now, going back to... Uh, specifically a taste of, of DCU what does it cost?
0: It's a free day completely free, the whole whole event is free That was the right answer. Yeah, basically. it's a free day and um, we, we're probably expecting around 250 people we have we can accommodate that number, no problem we'll be in our big lecture theatre, there'll be a chance to, to meet some of the staff in DCU we'll obviously have our student ambassadors there who are on DCU and there'll be a chance to ask all the questions, no matter how you think they might be seeing, oh, I wouldn't ask her that question, it's too going to Ask us any question you want to know. I'm not too sure about the course. I don't know how to register. I want to know how I can do this. Yeah, do you have anything in X, Y or Z? We have, we have 125 courses available uh, for people to take part in. Um, we have two programs I should really explain to you. One of our programs is from the undergraduate program. So you're going to be in a classroom with, with the traditional student cohort. So you might be doing you know the History of American Jazz with the music students. So you might choose that one module. So wow. modules the same as a course.
1: I mean, you just, yeah. you just kind of hit me there with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can I, I want to do that.
0: <laughs> well, it's fantastic. And there's so many opportunities to do things. And uh, so you're in this class with, with all the, the mainstream students, you get a student card. You get a student email address. You have access to the library. So, and it, it, those courses are 100 euros each. There's no exams and no assignments. You go in and you sit in the class and you take part in the class and that's it. And everything. When you have a student um, email address, you can you can log into the system and we have all our notes up on what we call an internal system called Loop. So that's one way of doing a course in DCU. Um, Now, people can come in and do a degree course as well, and that's a separate program, but I can explain that uh, if people want to call me directly. And then the second program we have is called the Love of Lifelong Learning Programme. And that's a customized program. It starts a bit later in the year, in October. And those programs are around where we've gone to schools and we've pulled together a list of things. So, for example, this year we're promoting a a, a Spanish uh, class for beginners, beginner Spanish. I want to go back to the fact that we're an AFU global network. Mm-hmm. So one of our members is in AFU, Spain. Just
1: remind the listeners, Age age-friendly university. university.
0: So we, one of our members in the age-friendly network is in the University of Murcia in Spain. So what we're doing this year is we're going to be doing a beginner's language class, a, a conversation in Spanish. And then we're hoping next springtime to bring a group over to Spain to the University of Murcia who have a beginner's language class in English, and we want to have some sort of an engagement. So they're the sort of things we do. We have a choir. We have a DCU age-friendly choir that meet every Thursday. We have botanical art. We have um, creative writing. um, We have psychology and introduction to psychology. So these are all the same, and they're not dumbed down. So people think, I want to go to a simpler course. They are not dumbed down. They're the exact same course. The only difference is... They're in with um, the same cohort of people. And
1: you will not um, be patronised.
0: Exactly, you know. It's not like you know. I, I wouldn't be able for the for the for the um, the the uh, audit module, which we call the audit module from the undergraduate program. But I'd be able for this. They're the exact same program. Exact same programme. The, the difference is there's a bit more variety and everybody in the group, of course, is is around the same age. Whereas with the other courses, you're in with a mixture of ages. OK,
1: so but there's flexibility. In flexibility.
0: In the... Now, you don't get a student card, you don't get the email address and you don't get library access with the lifelong learning programme. Now, we also have on top of that, you know, I'm sure you've heard of clubs and societies and universities. Good. So we have our own. Socks. Order. Socks, yeah. So we have our own sock and it's called the 3LA. And the 3LA are the social arm of the AFU Age Friendly University and that's run by the participants for the participants but there's always an educational focus so this year we've gone to the Museum of Literature, we've gone to the Customs House, uh, we had a garden party there in the summer to finish up for the year, we have events throughout the year, we have a Christmas event and we have usually a focus so we've gone to the Hunter Museum in the past, we've gone to Orison Noctron. I know people can go to these places on their own but there's something about going in a group it's much more crack and a bit of fun. And um, we usually have a day out and it's all organised and uh, people can come to those as well. And there's absolutely no obligation, by the way. If people want to join up to our programme, you don't have to be availing of uh, coming to the university to do a module, to do a course to avail of those. You can just join the Lifelong Learning Association or you can join in the research programme or you can join in the sports centre. It's not... Um, it's, it's anything. It's not just one thing. You know, it's just that if you're engaged in education, there's free lectures. We'll be having a, a lecture series going on in October. Um, I have a visiting academic from the University of California, San Bernardino. Uh, Dr. Eric Volgemann who's joining me on Sunday for three months. And he's going to be doing a, a piece of research around older people and alcohol effects about but he's also going to be doing a series of guest lectures in dcu and of course the university of san bernardino is also an age-friendly university
1: what, what strikes me about all of this is is that the initial contact is just a point of entry to
0: so a many whole world Absolutely. and
1: in effect in fact I'm almost wasting your time getting you to, 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 to explain things because there's so much to explain and there's so many uh, possibilities that will open up to anybody. I'm going to abandon my, any pretense of being an impartial interviewer here and say that this just sounds to me fantastic. And why would you not do it? Would be my take on this. Okay, there are, you know, there are, there are reasons. The reasons
0: people don't do it is because they're too shy. That's Mm. the main thing. The only boundary is your own boundary. Which is
1: not a valid reason.
0: Not a valid reason. Um, People say, I'm too old. You're never too old to learn. We do an introduction to computers for people who don't know how to switch their computer on. It's personalised. We have a programme on how to use your smartphone how to get the most. In fact, one of our big research projects at the moment is called the Traces Project, which is traditions, recipes and cuisines of Europe using smartphone. And the idea is that people will will train, train, to be trained how to use their smartphone to make a video of a traditional recipe or, or cuisine that they've been used to cooking. And then these are all uploaded onto a European platform. It's all completely free.
1: And the age-friendly university isn't just DCU, this is actually a network, a global network, in fact.
0: Absolutely, a global network um, that started to grow in 2014. And now we have just 100 universities in the network, representing Europe, South America, North America, Southeast Asia and Australia. And new universities joining all the time. And you might wonder why people want to join it in the university sector. And it's because generally speaking, in a university, we all tend to work in silos. So it's very hard sometimes for humanities to speak to technologies or technologies speak to life sciences so what this does is our framework our 10 principles of an age-friendly university creates a framework that allows a dialogue on campus and they're very generic so it allows the university to look at this and say actually we're doing this we're doing this we're doing this we're doing this and bring all that focus onto aging to increase the age inclusivity and age diversity on campus some universities join because they want to beat their equality diversity and inclusion policies, some universities part of their mission statement, some it's part of the strategic plan, and others it's around the sustainable development goals. So it's really really important and then some universities are they're all promoting lifelong learning because lifelong learning, intergenerational engagement, Are really key to to how we're going to move forward as in the world in terms of the WHO. Uh, We've been very lucky in DCU, we were invited to present in 2019 to the United Nations Open Ended Working Group on Ageing and more recently in the last few uh, the last two years we've contributed to a policy document on the EU Green Paper on Ageing in the European Union and this is how we're going to age in the future and they're the sort of opportunities you'll have if you get involved with this in DCU. So it's really important, I think it's really great that DCU is a pioneering this initiative um one of the reasons why i personally am interested in being involved is around the impact on younger people because we need to be you know showing them helping them engaging with them to look at how they're going to age and when you when you have this integrated approach to aging you're going to challenge stereotypes of ageism and that ageism happens both ways for younger people and older people and the only way we're ever going to get over that is to put the two um Generations together.
1: And I do think there's a very real uh, societal need to uh, change the...
0: uh, The narrative. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and to change
1: perceptions Mm. intergenerational perceptions, Mm. to encourage generations to value each other. Rather than uh, politically and societally, I think at the moment, the, the aging population is seen as a problem. You know, it's usually referred to as being a challenge. It's an economic challenge. It's a political challenge. And, it, and there's more to it
0: than that. No, absolutely. And I mean, think about it is, is the economic value of older people to the economy in terms of minding for a start, straight off. I mean, that's, you know, and we also have things, you know, around the whole expertise, the legacy issues that older people have created. You know, th- there is this. And there's always, I mean, if you read back to, you know, the philosophers like Plato and Aristotle, you'll always see comments about between generations, there's always going to be generational conflict. We saw a lot of, I think, quite negative intergenerational conflict during COVID. But I also think to myself, we have a lot to learn from each other. And I think that we can only do that in solidarity. In times past in Ireland, we had obviously situations where people lived with their granny, you know, they had older people in their lives. But that whole situation has completely changed now. And we find that because we have a different uh, family setups, yeah. uh, that lots of younger people have no, no, had, have no opportunity to have engagement with an older person. But when you go into the for- workplace, it's a multi generational workplace. So you can be sitting at a desk beside somebody who's in their 50s or 60s, you know, and you're learning from them all the time. They're learning from you. So we're learning from each other all the time and that's the way it should be.
1: Yeah, you know? I mean, it's mm. all about optimising society and how it works. Mm. Even from an economic point of view, it's about mm. optimising. Absolutely. We need we need these processes mm. to be the best that we can be. I mean, we,
0: we need each other. I mean, I know it's a cliche to say we're all in this together, but in actual fact, we are. Of course we are. We are, absolutely. And the European Union has recognised that with the European Green Paper on Ageing because their policy is looking at Um, Early years, working lives, retirement and post-retirement. So we're looking at that lifespan. We're looking at that whole business of remaining engaged in education and not formal education. I'm saying that it's all around lifelong learning, whether it's going to do a painting course, going to, you know, um, take a a course in the university or in the local ETB. It's really important. Keep your mind active as well as your body active.
1: Christine, the age-friendly university, it's ongoing, presumably. What's the future for it?
0: Well, I'm really delighted that our our current president, who came into his office two years ago, Professor Derek Yeo, has continued on with the commitment to roll out the Age-Friendly University initiative, uh, both in Ireland
1: and globally. So, Christian, I think one thing you haven't given us yet is contact details. Contact
0: details. So, well, you can contact me at christine.okelly at dcu.ie. You can contact us if you just Google DCU Age-Friendly. It'll bring you to our website and there's a contact name there. Our phone number is one 700-8933 700-8933 and, um, and you can contact DCU directly. It's just 700-5000 uh, and they'll put you through to me. Excellent. So we've lots of different ways to be contacted. Yeah. Interesting. And, you know, we, we, as I said before, I just want to say to people, don't be shy about picking up the phone. It's the first step. It takes a lot of courage for someone to pick up the phone and say, I'd love to come. Mm hmm. But I'm afraid to come.
1: You will not be quizzed, interrogated, laughed no. at, ridiculed, no. scorned. No, you
0: won't be. I won't be asking you what you got for your Leaving Cert or your Primary Cert, nothing like that. I am only too delighted to hear that somebody's interested in coming. And you know what? It changes your life because, you know, you've got something to look forward to. You're out doing things. You're meeting new people. You're having new experiences. It's all positive. And you know what? There's lots of stuff to be learned in the university that's outside the normal education system.
1: Absolutely. Christine, mm-hmm. thanks a million for all of that.
0: Thank you for this opportunity,
1: Gunnar. If something's free, why would you turn it down? I mean... A free haircut from a five-year-old. <laughs> oh no. Or a free sample of onion paste. Oh. <clears throat> well then how about a free tour of your neighbor's new shed? Oh, that sounds well. Um, okay, look, they were bad examples. But how about a free eye test and free glasses from the 69-year-old range of Specsavers with your PRSI? Well, that sounds like something to smile about. Book
0: an appointment or find out more at Specsavers.ie.